You've probably been to a museum, but you probably didn't need scuba gear to get there. That's one of the stories we're diving into today on CNN Student News. I'm Carl Azus. First up, we're looking at President Obama's first news conference since he was re-elected to his second term. The president took questions from the media for about an hour at the White House yesterday afternoon. One topic that came up, the so-called fiscal cliff. It's a set of spending cuts and tax increases that could go into effect soon. The president and congressional leaders are considering ways to avoid that cliff. President Obama was set to meet with business leaders after yesterday's news conference to talk about the issue. He said he wants input from everyone. I am open to new ideas if the uh, Republican counterparts or some Democrats have a great idea for us to raise revenue, maintain progressivity, make sure the middle class isn't getting hit, reduces our deficit, encourages growth. I'm not going to just slam the door in their face. I want to hear idea. I want to. I want to hear ideas from everybody. We're going to leave Washington now and head over to the Middle East, specifically Gaza, one of the territories at the center of the conflict between Israelis and Palestinians. The violence between those two groups has been increasing recently. Yesterday, Israel launched airstrikes against what it said were terrorist targets. Palestinian officials said there were at least 35 strikes in an eight-hour span of time. At least nine people were killed in the airstrikes, and that includes the leader of the military wing of Hamas. That group controls the Palestinian government and the U.S. classifies it as a terrorist organization. Israel said its airstrikes were a response to increased rocket attacks from Gaza. One of those rockets hit a shopping center in southern Israel yesterday. Both sides, Israel and Hamas, say they're defending themselves against attacks from the other side. Finally, we're going to head all the way over to Australia. Some people made their way to the northeastern part of the country this week, and they went there to see this a total solar eclipse that was visible over Australia's northern territories. According to NASA, this kind of thing happens on average about every 18 months. But that's in different spots around the world. This part of Australia might not see another full solar eclipse for 375 years. So what exactly is going on in a solar eclipse? It has to do with orbits and shadows. A solar eclipse happens when the moon, while it's orbiting the Earth, passes directly in front of the sun. That casts a shadow on the Earth's surface. In the outer part of that shadow, the penumbra, part of the sun, is blocked. In the inner part, the umbra, that's where the eclipse is total. Today's shout-out goes out to Miss Chapman's English class at Daniel J. Savage Middle School in Modesto, California. Newton's first law, which says an object in motion will stay in motion unless acted on by an outside force, describes what concept? Is it inertia, gravity, acceleration, or thermodynamics? You've got three seconds, go. Newton's first law of motion is sometimes known as the law of inertia. That's your answer and that's your shout out. An everyday example of inertia. You're driving a car down the street and another one has stopped in front of you. 
your car will stay in motion unless an outside force stops it. So either a brake or the other car. Now there's some new technology out that could help avoid the accident. The National Transportation Safety Board says this new technology should be required on all vehicles. It could help prevent some accidents. It could also drive up the cost of a car. Sandra Endo now takes a look at how this technology works. This is what federal safety officials want to avoid. Oh my gosh! And new technology could help. I got behind the wheel at the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety to see how collision avoidance systems work. This car automatically brakes when it comes too close to the car in front. Wow, that is freaky. And it completely braked on its own. Right, it prevented the crash. The sensors and cameras installed in the vehicle can detect more than just cars. At a faster speed, watch what happens. And the pedestrian walks out in front of us. Oh my gosh! I hit him! You hit him. Oh no. But not too hard. He probably wow, just fell over. At a higher speed, we wouldn't, we wouldn't avoid the crash. I mean, there would be a crash, but because of the braking, the crash would be at a lower speed than it would be without the system. The National Transportation Safety Board Wednesday added collision avoidance technology to its list of most wanted safety improvements. It wants states to mandate these systems, now available in luxury cars, in all cars. We know that hundreds of lives can be saved and hundreds of thousands of injuries can be prevented. If the technology improves and you can avoid these run off the road, rear end, and also the side departure, the lane departure collisions. Other safety systems on the market include blind spot indicators, directional headlights, and an alert when a driver drifts out of the lane. The Insurance Institute says the automatic braking system is effective. The lane departure warning system hurts rather than helps, but it's unclear why. Sure. They don't seem in this early data to be um, preventing crashes, which is a disappointment. Transportation safety officials say once the kinks are worked out, the technology could further reduce the number of fatalities, which has been decreasing from year to year, despite the increasing number of drivers on the road. Wow, that was scary. Is this legit? Coral is an example of an igneous rock. Nope. In fact, it's not a rock at all. Coral is alive and it's a type of animal. Coral is a living species, it's also an endangered species. And a museum near Cancun, Mexico is trying to help out in a couple ways. The artwork is designed to help develop new coral, and the artist who created it is hoping his design will pull some of the attention away from existing coral to kind of give those reefs a rest. Nick Parker has more in a green project beneath the deep blue sea. Welcome to an underwater world of mysterious figures frozen in time. This unique museum off the coast of Cancun has nearly 500 sculptures sunken in up to 10 meters of water. A growing tourist attraction, it's also a vital front line in conservation as it diverts divers from Mexico's fragile coral reefs. It's a labor of love for British artist Jason DeCares Taylor who began the project in 2009. 
I was a diver and I'd been diving around the world in various places. So I had this vision that I always wanted to create this uh, underwater sort of seascape. And I was also looking into the conservational element of it, that it could be used to create an artificial reef. Started off like a pilot project in Grenada. Again, we started off quite small, we just did a few pieces, and slowly it grew. The project caught the eye of Cancun's marine park officials, who were trying to restore the region's reefs, damaged by 2005's Hurricane Wilma. And we thought that by implementing this project, it would become an icon for Cancun. Taylor has staggered the deployment of the statues over a few years, so that some look cleaner than others. The visual evidence of nature gradually taking over, he has titled Silent Evolution. Crucially, the statues are made from a pH-neutral material to attract fish and coral. And the cement is high-grade, to withstand strong currents. The world's coral reefs are facing extreme pressures from, from all sides. Issues to do with water quality and global warming are you know, some of the biggest problems. This project obviously can't combat that, but what it can help to do is raise some awareness about the state of our reefs are and draw people's attention to you know, the underwater scene. All right, we're gonna wrap things up today with a little museum matchup. Guess which one's real and which one's a work of art. Okay, it's easy to tell them apart. They do look eerily alike. Even this guy's girlfriend was a little freaked out by the resemblance when she ran across this painting during a visit to a museum. I'm giggling like crazy and it's dead silent in this museum. And I go, do you see this guy? I'll be honest, at first I didn't, I didn't <laughs> think it looked like me. I feel good for 450, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta admit. The painting was made 450 years ago. I guess when you're waiting for your long lost twin to show up, you have a lot of time to just hang around. And while the guy might have tried to brush off the resemblance at first, eventually he had to come to grips with the art truth. Of course, the whole thing has gone viral, so if he was looking for a little online attention, this is a big twin. And while sometimes it's difficult to come up with the puns at the end of our show, with art stories, they just come easily. That's all for CNN Student News. Hope you'll paint us back into your schedule on Friday.